You're listening to Standing in the Gap. Standing in the Gap is a weekly podcast dedicated to the exposition of scriptures. I'm your host and podcast preacher, Brandon Harrell. I'm the pastor of Bethesda Baptist Church in East Flat Rock, nestled here in the mountains of Western North Carolina, where I've served for the past 10 years. I pray the podcast will bless your life as we study God's Word together. This is Pastor Brandon again. We're still studying verse by verse through the Gospel of Matthew. We've been in this study for just a little while now, not very long. We're still looking at these first 17 verses and the genealogy of Jesus Christ. We've seen already the goals of this genealogy. We said that it was given to show both Christ's legal as well as his lineal descent back to Abraham through David. And then we looked at some gaps in this genealogy. We thought about some omissions that are uh, found here, or rather not found, some names that are missing in these uh, lists of names. And then an obstruction, uh, that of Jeconiah, that God had placed that curse upon his line, that they would not sit upon the throne. We looked at that on the last time. And today, I want to begin to consider my next uh, heading, I guess, in this genealogy. And that is the grace that is found in this genealogy. This will take us several weeks. Uh, But my, as we look at the names here, there's so much grace to be found in this genealogy. As we examine this list of names, which to most in this world would seem insignificant, We, as God's people, recognize that this list is associated with God himself manifest in the flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. This list of names is a list of those through whom God would bring the foster father of his only begotten son into this world. I want to stop there and just remind us that this is the genealogy of Joseph who was espoused to Mary. We understand that he was not the father of Jesus, but he was the man that God chose to raise his son. Now, as we think about this list, if we were to write a list of our ancestors, we might tend to leave out certain characters. Maybe there's a sketchy businessman or a bank robber in your family. That individual probably doesn't come up very often at the family gatherings. Nonetheless, the scriptures are faithful to record for us the good, the bad, and the ugly. As I read these verses and think about these names, Hebrews 2 and verses 9 through 11 came to my mind. There we read, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things, and bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that sanctifieth, that's the Lord Jesus, and they who are sanctified, that's you and I who are saved, are all of one. For which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren." Isn't that fascinating? The Lord Jesus is not ashamed to call you and I brethren. He, the Lord of glory, condescended, suffered, and died 
in order that he might be associated with us. He's not ashamed of those for whom he died. There are a few places in Scripture where that is as evident as right here in these first 17 verses of the Gospel of Matthew. As we read these names and recall the lives they represent, we may recognize the abundance of grace that has been bestowed upon each one that they would be eternally recorded as in the line of the man that God chose to raise his son. And how much more the grace that is bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. My, what grace we'll find as we study this genealogy. I want you to notice with me in the, uh, the second verse of our text. It says, Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Judas and his brethren. Of course, we understand that to be uh, the brothers of Judas, the sons of Jacob, uh, 12 altogether, of which were comprised the nation of Israel. The 12 tribes of Israel originated with these 12 brothers. Now, through the centuries, Israel had been repeatedly disobedient, and they'd been subsequently disciplined by the Lord through various conquerings and captivities. At the time that Matthew wrote this, that had resulted in the scattering of the descendants of Abraham throughout the known world. For example, after the decrees of Cyrus in Ezra chapter 9, only some 42,000 Jews returned to Jerusalem. The rest remained in Babylon, and their descendants stayed in those areas from then on. We read in the scriptures of the influx of Jews to Jerusalem during the Passover in the Gospels. We, these came from all corners of the earth. However, though they were scattered abroad, the mention of his brethren in verse 2, in reference to Judas or Judah, is a reminder of the faithfulness of God to his promises and people. Reuben lost his birthright, but still had a portion in the work of Christ. How about Simeon and Levi? What of Joseph, and by extension, his half-Egyptian sons, Ephraim and Manasseh? Here we find grace, grace for the scattered, grace for the seemingly forgotten seed of Jacob. Isaiah had prophesied along these lines in chapter 49, and verses 13 and uh, through 16 of that chapter of his prophecy say this, Sing, O heavens, and be joyful, O earth, and break forth into singing, O mountains. For the Lord hath comforted his people and will have mercy upon his afflicted. But Zion said, The Lord hath forsaken me, and my Lord hath forgotten me. Can a woman forget her sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet will I not forget thee. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. Here Zion says, The Lord has forgotten us. He has forsaken us. 
We are scattered about. We are forgotten. He is no longer careful of us, no longer compassionate toward us. He's altogether abandoned us and forsaken us. But the Lord says, can a woman forget her sucking child? He said, well, she might, but I won't forget my people. I will not forget thee. He says, behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. These scattered brethren, these brethren that had been scattered around the earth, though they may have felt forgotten, though they may have felt forsaken, God had promised them through Isaiah that that was not the case. In Romans 11, Paul says, I say then, hath God cast away his people? God forbid. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. God hath not cast away his people, which he foreknew. God hath not cast away his people, the brethren mentioned here of Judas. God has not forgotten them. He still has them in his heart and has them on the palm of his hand. By grace, there is yet a remnant of believing descendants of Abraham even now. They're scattered around the globe, but one day... They will be gathered together with the rest of God's elect from the four corners of the earth. I'm sure glad that God knows where his people are. And wherever they are when he speaks, they hear his voice and they follow him. There's grace for you too, dear scattered ones. Though you feel lost and hopeless, though it may seem like God has forgotten all about you, this little phrase, his brethren, reminds us that not only would God not forget the descendants of Abraham, but he will not forget those of us that are born of his spirit. He knows where we are. Job knew this, didn't he? In Job 23, verses 8 to 10, he says, Behold, I go forward, but he is not there, and backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand, that I cannot see him. But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Job said, I feel lost and forgotten and forsaken, and I can't find God anywhere I look. He said, but at the end of the day, he knows where I am. There's grace for the scattered. Peter, in his first epistle, he wrote these words, To the strangers scattered <laughs> throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit and obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Christ, and said, Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. He was reminding them that though they'd been persecuted, beaten, mocked, and forced out of their homes and off their lands, they were not forgotten. They were still the apples of God's eye. He had their coordinates. Paul had a similar testimony. Remember what he wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 14 to 18? He said, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. Of whom be thou ware also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, he said, the Lord stood with me, but all men, I'm sorry, notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever. 
Amen. Believer, have you been the recipient of much evil by an Alexander in your life? Do you feel forsaken and does it feel like everybody left you just like Paul felt? May the Lord who remains by you strengthen you as he did Paul. I'm glad that there is grace for the scattered. You know, we're pilgrims here. Uh, this is not our home. Our citizenship, our conversation, as the scriptures put it, is in heaven. But I know sometimes along the way here, as we struggle along and we fight and we uh, war against uh, principalities and powers of the air and against our own flesh and our own desires, sometimes we feel alone, sometimes we feel downtrodden, sometimes we feel beaten. But I want to remind you, there's a God in heaven who sent his son to die in your place to associate himself with you and to make of you his brethren of whom he's not ashamed. And though we may feel scattered, though we may feel left alone, he has not left us. He has said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. When he gave the great commission to his disciples, he reminded them that all power was given unto him and that they were to go and to preach the gospel to every creature. And then he said, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. I'm sure glad that it's so. There's grace for the scattered right here in the genealogy of Jesus. Till next time, it's been Pastor Brandon. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast today. I hope it's been a blessing to you. If you'd like to contact me, you can find our church's website at www.BethesdaBaptistEastFlatRock.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at PreacherB underscore BBC. If you'd like to watch our services live streamed, you can do that on Facebook at Bethesda Baptist East Flat Rock. God bless you till we meet again.